0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. High in the air, Brito back at the wall, adios, pelota!
1: Welcome to episode number 211 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. I'm Grant Brisby here with Andy Baggerly. Andy, uh, 211 on base percentage for Mac Williamson in 2019. Ah, uh, that was one of my biggest misses. I was pretty sure that Mac Williamson was going to be playing for a long, long time. Oh, man. Mac Williamson was, uh, he was, was the StatCast
2: darling at, at the sort of dawn of the StatCast age we were just finding out what things like exit velocity were, and you find out that he had a ground ball in Oakland that was like the third-hardest hit ball by a major leaguer all season. It was <laughs> still a ground ball out in Oakland, but, you know, uh, the point held. And, yeah, he, he was really enticing. He just had so many... Physical tools, and he looked the part. And you know, Leslie Jones gushed over him on Twitter about how hot he was. I mean, there were so many reasons <laughs> to be high on on, on Mac Williamson, and and uh, and obviously, it didn't work out for him. And the concussion was really a shame. And you wonder how much that derailed things. But um, but
1: I'm guessing we're not here to talk about Mac Williamson. We're not here to talk about Mac Williamson. We're actually here to talk about the Giants, and for the first time, we're in months. Uh, I think there's stuff to talk about. It's not. It's not that bad. It's actually pretty good. They're on a little bit of a winning streak. They uh, they played the Dodgers. They got one step closer to the Dodgers in the NL West standings. Uh, so they are they're looking pretty good right now. I mean, th- this one is really a swing game
2: because once you've cut it from 27 and a half to 26 and a half games, then then you really start to gather some moss, right? Or we gather some momentum, I should say.
1: Yeah, their uh, their odds almost doubled. You know, their post odds from .00001 to point zero 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 two so you can't take that away from them wow i mean you know what
2: we've seen it before we've seen giants uh teams have kind of a lost season and play really well down the stretch and, and they carried it in and into next year and you know that may be a little more hocus pocus than reality but i think there's something to it uh, gabe kapler certainly thinks so You know they sweep the Phillies over the weekend, and he uses twenty-three players in a nine-inning game uh, to to chase down a a win on uh, the Saturday, and and then they complete the sweep. he's not afraid to use Camilo Duval three days in a row uh, in games that you think wouldn't matter at all. It just roll out the same nine guys, let them each take four at bats, and 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 see where you stand at the end of the day. No, he's still playing matchups. He's uh, um, you know moving people around for defensive purposes. And and you know honestly I think hey that's his job that's what he's here to do I think he owes it to these players to put them in roles where they can have success and um, you know and and I think he's he's done a pretty active job of, of doing that over this winning streak and and that's uh, I think that does send a little bit of a message to to the whole whole group.
1: So if you are giving advice to a Giants fan. And you are telling them, here is the line at which you should start caring about the standings and the wild card and stuff like that. Do you have a preferred five games, four games? Are you caring at five and a half games? Is there a line in your mind or is it all, uh, it's, it's all unique. It, it has to do with how many teams are ahead of them. It has to do with the, the quality of the teams that they're trying to chase. What's your line of, I should care about this?
2: Yeah, I think my line would be somewhere around Flag Day 2023. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) I mean, I, I, it's done, man. They're not going to make the playoffs. I, I don't think. I, we're at the point where stranger things have happened. Is like, no, that doesn't hold up. Stranger <laughs> things have not happened in this case. So, um, yeah. No, I mean, they're not going to make the playoffs this year. And and if if you were assuming that they were and you're disappointed at any outcome that wasn't that, then yeah. I mean, they won 107 games last year. You don't expect that team to miss the playoffs of uh, the following year. I believe that you know unless they can get back to 500. They'll be the first team to win hundred games and not uh, finish above 500 the following season since the 2012 Phillies. And you know we all knew how long it took the Phillies to pull out of, of that kind of organizational morass uh, after they were so good. You know in the um, in the years before that, uh, you know almost a team of dynasty um, if it hadn't been for Cody Ross, et cetera. So um, so yeah, you, you look at that and you think, well, gosh, you know, are the Giants going to enter one of those sort of fallow periods? Um, but, you know, I think there's enough things looking up to make you believe that they have enough foundational pieces and certainly enough resources that they can, um, you know, get themselves back into being a playoff team next year with the expanded postseason. But, yeah, this year, this year's done. Yeah, I, I'm with you.
1: And I, I know we've talked about this, I think, on the show before, how the 2012 season ended for the Phillies. But I just have to, to throw a, a shout out to that being the worst ending to any season i think i've ever seen with it it ends with ryan howard in a heap uh on the on the ground writhing in pain as an organizational metaphor as that i i just i still just when i think about that it's so painful to think about and you have the phillies fans in the background and they've got the the arms on the head and they're looking at like what just happened man i just it it gives me chills every time i think about it yeah
2: nobody knew what had happened that he had ruptured his achilles basically on the last swing of the season and a guy that's owed millions and millions and millions of dollars to but but more than that a guy that you just have a huge affinity for and a guy who's been a big part of everything you've been, a uh, you've had success uh, as a franchise. So, um, you know, it's funny, I, I was in um, Oregon uh, a little while ago talking to some of the players on the High A Eugene team, and one of the players I interviewed was Mason Black, and I've got a, a story I haven't written yet on him, but I will roll that out at some point. A really, really smart kid, a really interesting kid, uh, obviously having a great year as a starting pitcher, and uh, he went to Lehigh, and he's from uh, the East Coast, and he was at that game. He talked about being at that game with his dad, and uh, and nobody really knew what was going on. And um, and yeah, that's that's kind of one of his biggest memories as a baseball fan, which is not one of your foundational memories you want to have as a kid watching baseball with your dad. But uh, unfortunately, that's what happened that day. Um, and um, and yeah, <laughs> you really can't imagine this, a season ending any worse than uh, than it did for the Phillies in 2012.
1: So would you say that the the season, the postseason's done? I agree with you there. There's not there, there's no sense in looking at standings. Is it getting to 500? Is it getting someone like David Vr a, a bigger look? What is the goal for the rest of the season? Is it keeping Logan Webb healthy and not running Camilo Duvall into the ground? Is there an overarching goal to all of this, or is it just play hard every game and see what shakes out?
2: I, I think it's all of the above, and, and clearly, what you saw the first game at Dodger Stadium is that it is going to be all of the above. I mean, it, it, that's what I wrote about: uh, is that you know, Gabe Kapler. In his pregame, talked all about how David VR has earned his runway, how he's uh, a guy who dominated A. you know, hit 27 home runs over 1,000 OPS there. Um, he was going to really get a long look in September. And then... Before the sun even went down, he was out of the game. Three and a half innings, uh, and he was at first base, which is not his natural position. And 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 you know what they saw was an opportunity. Hey, look, this is Logan Webb on the mound. We're now up six to two at Dodger Stadium. It's not like one swing will will uh, we'll get will lose the lead, but you know a defensive mistake here, a walk there, then boom, they're back in it. That's what the Dodgers do. So let's tighten up the defense behind him. Let's give ourselves the best chance to win. And you could say, well, they did a disc- Service to a young player having a good game. VR had singled. He'd hit a homer um, opposite way, too, which was impressive. Why would you want to stop his momentum? But, you know, I really, it would have been a disservice to Logan Webb to not improve the defense behind him and support him because they've asked this starting, and we've talked about it, we've, they've asked so much of this starting pitching staff. And David VR could be a part of the future of this organization. We know Logan Webb is. And uh, if you want to reset the paradigm, Uh, for next season having logan webb beat the dodgers in dodger stadium i think is a pretty good start so um, you could argue well there's not a whole lot of meaning behind that they're better off just giving vr more more reps Um, but i I think you start that that culture toward getting that edge to win again uh, as soon as you can and you don't wait for spring training to try to 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 sort of cultivate that and that's clearly on the minds of this coaching staff
1: i don't think i've ever followed or covered a team quite like this where you have a disappointing season, a season that might be under 500. They're not going to make the postseason. And September rolls around, and I'm not necessarily thinking, okay, the plan has to be let's put the young guys in, let's just clean the slate and get all these guys. Let's see, let's see what the Giants have. Let's the Giants are going to do this. They're going to mess around with this guy and that guy. It's not quite like that, and yet it's not. I, I don't think they need to be auditioning, you know, Jock Peterson for next year or Mike Yastrzemski. Like I've, I've seen what these guys can do. I, I feel caught in the middle as a baseball analyst, as far as who do I want to see play Giants baseball in September? Who is going to be a part of next year's team? I don't know. And I don't know if there's a right answer or if there's just one answer to that. I think it's, it's, you can make a case for everyone on the roster. And, and, and really the more they do this, I think the more they
2: signal that they don't expect there to be massive, massive turnover on this in this group. You know there aren't a lot of free agents, and you know there are some people who won't be tendered contracts. We know there's going to be some turnover in some areas. They have to get younger, they have to get healthier, they have to get more athletic, and they have to spend some money. To be honest, I think that the the marketplace is going to demand that of them, uh, and I think they realize all that. But they also start counting up the people and realize that, you know, the, Wilmer Flores is a free agent, but we want him back. You know, Jock Peterson is a free agent, but they've said they want him back. You know, the Farhan he said that they are going to, you know, have Mikey Stremsky as part of this team, and he's going to get about 5 million in arbitration. And And could in other organizations be a bubble, non-tender guy, but not here. So um, when you look at it, it's not run it back part two, because they're not going to do that. But there's enough players that I think they realize are going to be part of next year's team that they might as well you know start with these guys and get them on the, the the path toward winning again now and I think they see value in that and you know again I it's a great it's a great back and forth to have because okay Elliot Ramos playing every day and, and maybe struggling is not going to give you the best chance to win ball games but you know would that serve you better for next season or beyond or serve him better? Um, I, I don't think it's an open and shut case either way and um,
0: that's why we have this podcast.
1: I think that a lot of these decisions are fairly benign and, and that they you can make an argument for Jock Peterson. I know that I gave the devil's advocate case for bringing Jock Peterson and Mike Yastrzemski back. Evan Longoria, once you factor in his option, well, that makes a lot of sense. And then you have a way to ease David VR into a more prominent role. There's a lot of these that make sense. To me, the trickiest of all of them in terms of both opportunity cost, uh, current production, age when you're factoring it all in status uh, iconic role on, on in the team history is Brandon Crawford I just, I don't see how you can go into uh, 2023 with him as the starting shortstop. And I also don't know how you don't go into 2023 with him as a starting shortstop. I think it's, there is no right answer that at least I'm going to offer up. So I don't know how the Giants are going to figure that out.
2: Well, maybe they split the difference, right? Maybe they get another shortstop who, um, you know, can, you know, split time with him. And uh, and maybe that other guy can float around to other positions. and, And that way you're not counting on... Brandon Crawford to be out there you know quite every day and you can keep them fresher and keep them more effective that that I think is probably what I think they're going to target or what they're going to think about I mean you can't just snap your fingers and have the perfect player just uh you know pop into your onto your roster one day so it'll require work and require scouting um you know maybe you have to trade for that player um and, and that that requires uh, some sweat some sweat equity as well but I think that's probably what they have to do
1: because it seems like most of the other positions are going to, either, I, I would think the Giants are confident that Joey Barr can handle the bulk of catching position I think that Brandon Belt has reached a point in his career that if he continues it's probably not going to be with the Giants uh, I saw Carmen Q on TV the other day and even she was like yeah it's probably going to be the end for Brandon Belt and when she's saying it, when Carmen Q was saying like yeah maybe this isn't going to work out as a reunion, you know it's probably the right thing because it's look it's just it's he can give something to another team probably I don't think that team is the Giants uh, next year you have guys like Yastrzemski and Slater if you put them together you have one whole outfielder who does a lot of things well I think that's going to be and it's just you keep going back to well they need to sign some big free agent maybe it's Judge maybe it's Trey Turner but boy yeah, it's like I just I look at that and that's just the one area that I don't know where the Giants are going to go. I have no concept. And if if they got Trey Turner, for example, would he be amenable to playing a little bit of center field, or are those days done for him? It's a great question. I think that's the reason that they weren't
2: in on Carlos Correa last off season is because Correa was going to be signing somewhere to be the shortstop. And uh, um, you know, a, a Trevor Story would be someone you'd sign. Uh, to maybe potentially move around or not be a shortstop. Um, and I think a Trey Turner probably falls in the category of somebody who has played other positions. So it's not like, I, I look at my baseball reference page and I just see S all the way down. I've never played another position. <laughs> That's a point of pride. You see center fielders uh, are, who are that way too. It's like, I've never played left field or right field. I'm not slumming it out there. Uh, it, it's, there's a huge uh, ego that, that goes along with that. And um, you know, because Trey Turner has played other positions, I I don't know. I mean, I don't want to get in his head, but I would think if you try to sign him and say, look, you're going to be splitting some time at short with, with Brandon for one season, and then you know the position is pretty much yours after that um, for the foreseeable future, I, I, I don't know. I don't think he'd balk at that, particularly if you gave him a lot of money. So, um, yeah, you know, that, that could be one way they deal with it. But uh, getting back to your, your Carmen Q comment. Yeah, that, that's kind of like if, if you if you walked into a press box and you overheard someone say, you know, Springsteen just doesn't have it anymore. Yeah, that, 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 would, that would be kind of that would be kind of the uh, the analogy I would draw there.
1: Yeah, it's just—it's rough, because he's a lifelong giant. He is the captain he rode out in the field in the freaking boat this opening day. Uh, like, he's, he's a beloved figure, for the most part, in the Belt Wars and all that. It's— it, just doesn't seem like a fit. Even with the DH, it just feels like another team can give him a better shot, a better opportunity if he's going to be healthy. And the Giants, that's going to be a spot where they can upgrade the lineup somewhere with the first baseman. That should be one of their targets this offseason. It is going to be a fascinating offseason and one of my, I think, the most fascinating, uh, other than are the Giants going to get a big premium free agent? Are they going to spend? Are they going to spend, spend, spend? Is what they do with the bullpen, because A, the bullpen needs a dressing. B, bullpens are notoriously tricky to fix in an offseason. And B, a lot of these guys are under contract for next year. A lot of these guys, are Tyler Rogers, John Brebia. if the Giants want him back, they're back. I don't know if they want him back. It's going to be fascinating to see how they build a new bullpen out of all this.
2: Brebbia is a guy who I think has been effective when he hasn't been, you know, overworked. And, and he's led the NL in appearances most of the year. So it's hard to know, you know, what, what that would look like if if you've got a few more options. Um, But again, options I think is the key word because they've got a lot of these guys under contract, but a lot of them are out of options. Optionality, I think, is a big deal for this bullpen. And that's probably going to factor into just what the composition of next year's bullpen is.
1: That's kind of why I'm surprised that we're not seeing uh, Cole Waits or we're not seeing Randy Rodriguez or we're not maybe even seeing uh, RJ Dabovich right now, just to see those are going to be some of your optionable guys. And getting them up there, I I guess it's it's a roster crunch and they don't want to just get rid of guys in the 40 man willy nilly. But this would be the time to start looking around. They're already. Doing it a little bit with Scott Alexander, who's been impressive. Uh, maybe they're giving Junior Marte. They get, they gave him some late innings on on uh, Monday night, which maybe they're the this is a showcase kind of a, a fight or flight sort of outing for him. Um, I think this is the time to really experiment with the guys that you can put out there right now. Yeah, and I think they gave Marte maybe
2: a little more exposure than they ordinarily would because they're going to have a bullpen game here. On Tuesday, um, and uh, but but yeah, he he throws really hard, and uh, that that uh, makes you sit up and take notice. Uh, just on the face of it, he's also you know given up a few homers and and um, has been a little spotty with his command. But um, but a guy who's got the stuff, he's got the raw ingredients, um, and yeah, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see just you know, you know what they do with the uh, Harlan Garcia, what they do with um, you know some of the guys that they're going to have to tender contracts to. Um, Because, you know, especially from the left side, they've they've had some real problems this year. And, you know, Tyler Rogers is a guy who went from being, you know, like maybe one of the primary setup men in the the National League to a guy that you don't really trust with the league right now. So um, do they work on getting him right or do they think that the sort of um, the the league's figured him out? Um, Obviously, the, the defense being really terrible behind him has made it. Probably a bigger difference on him than any other pitcher on the staff. Um, so you fix that, maybe you're halfway to fixing Tyler Rogers right there. But but yeah, there, there's there's a lot of uh, uh, guys for them to go up and down and talk about in their um, in their conference rooms and and try to figure out. Okay, what's our level of confidence uh, that this guy's going to be you know a 50 appearance guy for us going forward, or or what's our, our level of confidence that this guy's going to going to be uh, able to bounce back. It's um, it's. It's not like
1: it's one or two guys. It's a lot of guys. I, at the risk of offering a take that's a little bit too hot, uh, I miss the Septembers where you could call up all 40 guys in the 40-man roster I miss the expanded expanded rosters and I know that when the Giants were out of it and Bruce Bochy was making a, a ninth inning switch uh, in a 13 to one game and bringing in a lefty to face a lefty okay that is a little much and that is the downside of having such a huge roster but I think right now if the Giants had the ability to call up Ford Proctor and Jose Rojas and and uh, all the guys, all the guys the pitchers that they've been accumulating zapucky and and Randy Rodriguez, uh, I think that it would be better, more interesting, I don't know, to watch Giants baseball with an eye towards next season. I miss the expanded, expanded rosters. Oh, I agree. I'll take your hot take
2: and I'll add some extra spicy sauce to it because I hate this rule. I hate it. I understand why it started. I understand, you know, the, the COVID ramifications, trying to not introduce as many people Um, you know, the clubhouses. But, I mean, it's it's time to get back, I think, to allowing teams, if they want to, to bring up, like, the full complement of 40-man guys or 38 of them or however many they want. And if they want to spend the extra money, Uh, on on extra big league salary uh, prorated salary then that's that should be their call and um, to the point that you know Bruce Bochy kind of hastened this by you know using (laughs) going batter to batter in like the ninth inning of of a blowout game and using like so bad at it it was so it was so (laughs) bad it's like Bochy what are you doing man come on (laughs) We, he actually was proud when, when we told him he set the major league record for players used in, in a nine inning game. He's, he's like, uh, I think he's I forget what his reaction was, but but it was it, it was a, there was a fist pump involved. I remember that. And uh, but now that there's a there's a three batter rule, so that will affect things a little bit. Um, but. But B, you know what, it's it's just better for players' development to, to give guys that carrot on a stick and have the Scott McLeans of the world that, that play in the minors for 10 years. For a lot of guys over the years, that's been the only way that they've gotten to the big leagues, you know, and, and gotten that cup of coffee that, you know, can give them that validation that all the, all the years were worth it to, to chase that dream, uh, even if it didn't make them household names or, or a life-changing amount of money. And um, so, you know, I, I think it's important, I think it's a, a really cool part of baseball uh, that that they've cut back on. And the way you fix it is very simple. Look at hockey and look at healthy scratches and you can call all 40 guys, but you can only have, I don't know, pick a number, 30, uh, maybe make it 28, maybe make it 32 players that are available um, to play on a given day that are designated prior to, you know, the first pitch or at the lineup exchange or what have you. So there it is, that's it, I fixed it, I fixed the problem, now they just need to listen to me.
1: Yeah, well, they'll they'll quibble about money is what'll happen after that. Well, how much do you make when you're on the roster but you're not on the active roster and then they'll fight and then the owners will say well we demand that uh, uh, you cancel free agency in exchange for that and stuff like that I just but it makes sense I like what you're saying It's it, it works in hockey it should work in baseball and I just I hate that you have to choose between uh, keeping pitchers healthy at the end of a long long season and the expanded rosters I think that was one of the best parts of that was that you could if you had a guy who was making Maybe overworked, if you had a full 40-man roster or 38 players on the active roster, you could keep guys healthier and rest them more. And I I think for a team that's not going to make the postseason, that is a worthwhile goal. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a really good point. And, you know,
2: whether you've got young pitchers that are ramping up and, you know, Logan Webb has now exceeded the amount of innings that he threw last season. He made his 28th start. That ties uh, how many he made last year. Um, I think they've managed his workload very, very well. But, you know, what if he's leaking a little bit of oil? And what if you, uh, you know, I guess you can always put someone on the injured list, but, you know, if if they don't really require that and they just need a little extra time or a little more recovery, um, then you can spread the workload out. and, And it's a little harder to do when you have... Uh, 28 players uh, only at your disposal. So, yeah, I totally agree. I think it should be in the player's best interest. Obviously, it's in the player's best interest, but it should be in, in the owner's best interest too, to um, you know, try to you know, increase the wellness of, of everybody by by
1: allowing teams to call up more players in September. So, I, I'm all for it. Yeah, Logan Webb's exactly who I was thinking of, because if you're Gabe Kapler and you're managing, you're, you're managing, you want uh, uh, Logan Webb to do well in Dodger Stadium. You want to keep the winning streak going. There's a lot of reasons to have Logan Webb out there in the sixth inning but part of it is you're thinking okay well if I give him a short outing here who's absorbing those innings and you look in the bullpen it's the same freaking guys it's the same guys that you've been leaning on all season long and the Giants have put a strain on this year's bullpen that I don't remember them doing very often and you have to consider that too and I would just like for a manager not to consider that. for Just to say, I don't have to worry about where those innings are coming from. I can just throw this guy out there, see what he's got. I'm not going to have to lean on this guy for three innings. I've got pitchers coming out of my ears. I miss that. I really, really do. I don't want to belabor the point, but I I just miss it.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's no reason that Sean Jelly should be a AAA right now. He should be standing in the bullpen ready to to be a tourniquet whenever the team needs him. Or or you you tell him, hey, look, you're going to be starting on Wednesday and you've got four days to prepare. Go out and and, and treat this like a, a regular start instead of just coming up and and absorbing an inning here or there. So uh, Tristan Beck, you know, he's another guy who the ERA kind of belies what the stuff has been like and and how uh, he's been pretty good at striking guys out, not walking guys at AAA, uh, which is hard to do. And so, you know, you'd like to see him. Now, I I do wonder sometimes if There are players that, you know, Cole Waits is a great example, somebody who is going to be Rule 5 eligible and they're going to have to protect and put on the 40 man by the deadline in, I think it's like in November. Um, So you're like, well, why not just put them on the 40 man now and call them up? And I wonder if this for an office gets so, I guess, um, I I don't know, uh, um, I guess uh, granular or or if they get so... um, Conservative. I'm not sure which word you think is appropriate, that they find the value of using that 40-man space uh, for, for two months uh, as more important than calling a guy up and letting him get his major league debut out of the way, etc. Um, because they love their open 40-man spots. Boy, do they ever. And... Um, uh, so, you know, I wonder if, if that's something that they get a little too conservative on uh, sometimes.
1: I think they do err a little bit uh, more on that side than they need to. Uh, I'm looking at the 40-band right now, and you've got Pat Mazika, Jose Rojas, Ford Proctor, uh, you know, maybe one of these guys is a part of the 2023 Giants. I'm going to guess not a ton of them uh, are going to be, and there's going to be movement on the 40-band the anyway, and I, th- I think there's a benefit in getting coal weights up. I think there's a benefit in seeing what you have for next year for RJ Dabovich, even if he doesn't need to be added onto the the 40-man roster uh, before next, I think next offseason, he'd be Rule 5 eligible. So I still think, well, let's see what you got. He's missing bats. I know he's walking the world, but I, it might inform how you build your bullpen for next year.
2: Yeah. I mean, that that is the one thing that's it's pretty much, um, we know, is very predictable for this front office and this coaching staff is that, you know, if you're... K to BB is not looking very pretty. Um, they're they they're, they're going to see you as someone who needs more development, and there's no reason to bring you up to the big leagues and make everybody stand around while you walk the bases loaded. Um, so I do think in Dabovich's case that I understand why he's not a guy that they you know think that they're ready to see right now. Um, but um, you know there there may be other guys uh, that that they 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 do feel a little bit better about uh, that, that you know they still have a lot of season left to try to. To um, to take a look at some people,
1: you know, counterpoint to that because I do agree with that overall. And when I'm looking at a guy's stats and I see that walks per night inning jump off, it's like okay, yeah, you you can't you can't get out to the major leagues right now. But I, I think back to Camilo Duvall, where he was, he walked twenty-four batters and thirty innings in AAA before the Giants called him up for good. And they must have seen something there where we can work with this, we can make one tweak and get him throwing maybe not strikes all the time, but enough strikes. And they were right. I really am surprised. You know, Camilo, he's. He is walking more batters than he wants to, more batters than the Giants want him to. But he's not wild. He's not erratic. He's not like a 23-year-old Randy Johnson or something. He's close to the strike zone most of the time. I don't know how they did that. That's one of the niftiest sleights of hand that I've seen them do. Yeah, boy, I think he's
2: one of the best stories of this season. I mean, they turned a guy who... Was a little too predictable. Who threw super hard, but but um, you know, clearly I think needed another answer against uh, big leaguers. Um, someone who got a little too happy with with whatever pitch that was working for him and and they taught him this power two seamer and it is a game changer i mean it really is and you know it's not to say that you know they've they have you know kenley jansen or, or they have um, mariano rivera for the next decade but i think they're going to have one of the better relievers in baseball um for probably the better part of this decade and, and I, I i think you can say that with some degree of confidence that if he stays healthy um camilo Duval is going to be a, a real asset to this organization for quite a while and um and that I don't think you could say that about him uh, at the start of the year, other than wow, kid throws hard, really intriguing, a lot of ceiling. Well, I think he's reached a lot of that ceiling, and that's uh, that's really impressive. And he's done it in the big leagues uh, while breaking out a new pitch mid-season. So um, yeah, I think uh, credit due to, to him first and foremost, and and also everybody who worked with him uh, to kind of design that pitch and 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 and
1: and then to debut it in a way that you know, he could trust it and, and, and incorporate it. All right. This has been episode 211 of the Bags and Brisbane podcast. Programming note, we won't do another podcast this week. We will be back next Monday and we'll talk about the Giants and if they have a winning streak all the way till our next podcast, can we talk about postseason stuff then?
2: Um. Okay, I guess so. I may be all dead right. because I'm going to be taking a red <laughs> eye uh, oh, that's right. from LA to, to uh, <laughs> Chicago land at 5 a.m. on what What is that, Thursday? Rent a car, drive two hours if I don't run myself off the road, cover a doubleheader in Milwaukee, and then drive to Chicago after the game because it's a day game on uh, on Friday in Chicago. So I think uh, if, if, if they win every game between now and our next podcast, um, you may need someone else to talk about it with you.
1: Uh, I don't think you need to take advice from me because you are uh, more of a road warrior than I have ever been, but I do have some advice. Are you ready for it? Yes, yes, please. Methamphetamines. Oh, <laughs> well, uh, do you know a guy? Yeah. Um. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, don't drive off the road. It would be a very lonely podcast if you did. So uh, no does. Will... Yeah, no does. <laughs> no. All right. This has been episode 211. We will be back next week and we'll see you then.